Hi, hello. Can people hear me? Okay, cool. So welcome to the monthly DeFi space. Today is, we're doing the De December DeFi space. And we're actually bringing back some of the same guests from the November space when we did an order book special, but this time we're under drastically different circumstances. So um, very interestingly, order books are now more relevant today than compared to the last time we spoke. Today we have three main order book or cloud projects on near orderly spin and tonic. And we also have Kendall from Proximity who together launched a $10 million fund dedicated to decentralized order book solutions on near, and we will get into the details of why, who, and how. So if you're a builder and wanted to know more about how this fund may apply to you, this is your space. And just a quick PSA that the spin Freaky Elves NFT giveaway winner will be announced at the end, so stay tuned. Let's do a round of introductions. I wanna hear from everyone about who you are, what you do, and if you can give a brief description of your project. Since I see Tonic uh, first, Marco, do you want to start off? Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Great. Uh, I'm Marco. I'm the co-founder of Tonic. We are the um, uh, first open source order book decks on Nier. And I'm a software developer, but I split my time between uh, writing software and doing business development for Tonic. Arjun or even Hippo, anyone who wants to go? Sure, I can go first. I'm Ivan. I'm uh, <clears throat> on the business side with Spin. We are a decentralized um, order book exchange on near featuring perpetuals and options soon. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Arjun. Again, I'm on the business side over at Orderly Network. Uh, Orderly is a uh, central limit order book uh, trading infrastructure uh, looking to provide key middleware for DeFi protocols on near. Hey, hey everybody, I'm uh, Hippo from Cellfi. And uh, Cellfi is a uh, decentralized liquidity provider protocol that helps everybody to be the market maker on uh, other book decks. Hey everyone, my name is Kendall. I'm one of the co-founders of Proximity um, and we basically just support talented DeFi projects and founders building on here, like the ones that we have here today. Perfect. Well, let's get into the why part of the $10 million order book fund. So what brings us here today, I think is obviously the downfall of FTX. And I think both on the media side and CT, we've seen a narrative form afterwards about how the failure of FTX did not necessarily mean the failure of crypto and the need for us to return to our roots, which is decentralization. And then for us, very relevantly, this makes a strong case for DeFi. The fund, as a response to the situation, seems to reflect this very conviction. So Kendall, I wanna ask you, um, 
from the proximity perspective, could you give us an introduction to the fund? And maybe we could kind of start out by giving your thoughts on what you think is the main lesson learned from FTX and how do order books fit into this picture, which gave birth to this fund uh, consequently? Sure thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the, there are a lot of takeaways from what's hap been happening with FTX and, and it's still likely to happen. But I think one of the major ones and, and really one of the things that crypto was kind of created in order to address uh, is, is around transparency. Um, you know, it, it, we still don't actually know what exactly happened to user funds uh, or, or, or what like failures at FTX, you know, led to, I guess, a misuse or a loss of user funds. And I think what's, you know, really elegant about the solutions that we have here today, like with, you know, the, the, the three different order rate teams and Selfie building on top of them, um, is that this this problem is removed? You know, if you're using if you're using one of these order book solutions or any any decent well, ideally any properly any truly decentralized exchange, then you can see one you you know for sure how your funds are being used. That's very transparent to you, and most importantly, your funds really shouldn't be being used in unless you've actively you know delegated them to be used in in some way. Um, so that that's a huge advantage, you know, this idea of like a, a non-custodial nature. Uh, and even when your funds are custodied by a smart contract, ultimately they reside, they reside with you, uh, or at least the, the, the control over them resides with you. And, um, and if it doesn't, you know, it's done in a, in a completely transparent way where you're able to see exactly what it is that's happening. So I think, um, you know, now more than ever, especially given that most of these exchanges that have had these issues are designed to trade crypto assets anyway, you know, it's become even more apparent that the right way for this to be done, at least for, you know, for a larger, I think, segment of the population than, than previously thought maybe was necessary, should be done on decentralized exchanges. Uh, and I think order books in particular, th there's a reason that, you know, the vast majority of the world's assets, or at least like the world's liquid assets, you know, trade uh, on order books. And it's because they are just way more efficient for uh, price discovery. Um, so AMMs are definitely going to have their place in the world. They're not going anywhere. And I think they're an important part of you know, of the decentralized exchange landscape, but you know, we're extremely, um, extremely optimistic about the potential for, for order books to, you know, to really be where the bulk of, of this trading happens. And, you know, we're fortunate in the ecosystem to have three extremely talented base layer projects um, and, and, and to have, you know, very like continually more projects building on top of them, such as Selfie. And so the, you know, the launch of the order book fund, um, you know, really the, the point of it is just to provide support for, the many talented teams out there that are building on order books and, and also just to signal to teams that are maybe considering leveraging order book infrastructure that, um, that there are resources available to them. And so the way the fund has been designed is, you know, we, it's basically a joint effort between proximity, um, you know, which, which, you know, we do, we do uh, invest in teams. We do provide grants. We do provide a, a bunch of different other resources um, along with the uh, orderly tonic and spin teams um, who will also be providing similar resources uh, specifically when, you know, teams are interacting with, with their protocols. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if anyone out there is listening and, and, you know, what we just described might, um, might, you know, point to you, please don't hesitate to, you know, reach out to us personally or to apply through our, uh, you can go to proximity.dev and you can find links to the, um, to the, the post there, or you can, you can read our blog post and, and see the link for the specific order book kind of, I guess, not really application form, more just kind of like a reach out form just to get in touch with us and, and let us know what it is you're building. 
Yeah, I, I think that provides a really good framework. So on the one hand, what people want, they like using our order book based trading protocols or this infrastructure. What people need, as the FTX fallout has very much highlighted, is a decentralized version of this where transparency and the non-custodial um, form of asset holding is, the, is by default. From the project perspective, I'd also love to hear what, from your perspective, or the main takeaways from the FTX fallout, how decentralization maybe can, if you agree with the thesis, how decentralization can fix some of these problems, and what this fund signifies for you. So if any of the projects, Tonic, Orderly, Respin, or Cellify, want to go ahead, please start. I'm happy to, um, to jump in. I think... <clears throat> I think there are a few takeaways, and I think Kendall Kendall referenced them really clearly as well. But you can see that there's a there's a clear need for self custody, right, uh, and or creating more options to showcase greater transparency and drive trust towards users. I think that's pretty much the bottom line in terms of where, where everyone feels right now. Um, I think what the fund signifies, I think it signifies a, a few different things, but like I think it signifies a need to support builders to be able to do it. Um, it's a clear showcase to the rest of the ecosystem saying that we understand what's happened. Uh, we understand the need for change. We understand the need for greater transparency, but we're all here together today to be able to help support it and facilitate it. I think one piece that is especially like the verbiage around the word fund, it's very, um, you know, we highlight a monetary figure and it's very easy to focus on that. I think some things that the fund also represents is, between all of the projects on the call today, there's a wealth of engineering support, business resources, um, you know, everything that we're doing in the ecosystem is more about collaboration than competition. I think that's a really large, important um, headline for me. Beautiful. Is, does anyone else want to add something of takeaways from your perspective, Marco, even Hippo? Yeah, um, I think what we've learned starting all the way going back to Mt. Gox, and we keep seeing the same story over and over over the years in crypto, is that you know we, we can't just build um, platforms that are re relying on trust to you know facilitate um, decentralized, trustless networks we need to go build the trading infrastructure you know the financial infrastructure in a decentralized way so we don't have to keep relying on trust and seeing this story play out over and over again yeah just uh want to add a little bit on this that what i think is most important on this part is uh transparency that even even we know there are there are also some risks with a decentralized solution but all the risk is uh just visible to everybody and can be diminished in way in advance and nobody can get an, uh, can can get some more access to than uh, everybody else and every user on the blockchain is fair to get access to the assets and to the protocol and i think that's a very important part well we believe that decentralization is key to personal freedom so if you want to be in control of your assets, you will have to use decentralized solutions in the future. And um, I think that centralization of exchanges 
uh, was mainly necessary because there was not enough sophisticated decentralized technology to enable high performance uh, products like exchanges. But now with more performant blockchains like Near, it is possible. Uh, it's still very hard to build because um, on one side you have the highest risk in decentralized products is, is security. So the, the biggest breaches and hacks were happening on decentralized exchanges uh, because of hacks, not because of someone stealing your money. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the centralized side, obviously way more risk because it's not transparent. You don't just simply have control of your assets. And uh, I think the example of FTX shows just how far you can um, like risk it to lose everything and I think now people are getting more and more aware of that risk and will search for alternatives where they are in control of their digital assets So if I quickly summarize it seems like that this fund is a collective effort on the one hand to realize the vision that we have for DeFi which is that you know, on the one hand, you have to have institutions or infrastructure which is def- by default transparent, which gives back the freedom and autonomy to the users themselves. And then also a show of support, I guess, on the one hand, that we want to support builders who are making an effort into this direction and we want to head into this meaningful effort together. So I think that's a great way to move into kind of asking the who and the what and the how of the fund. So Kendall, I want to ask, you mentioned this is a joint effort um, of $10 million and you're going to make, you're making a call for builders to come build on near using these existing portable infrastructure or to kind of signal to projects that are already considering to make the final decision. I want to ask a little bit more because people have been curious who the fund is for and who are you looking for in terms of the ideal candidate? Could you kind of give us an idea of what is it that projects could build or should build and maybe some of the characteristics that you're looking for in the team? Absolutely. So definitely, a, um, I think a, a, an incentive around the timing of the fund uh, came very much in the wake of FTX and how you know, there's that series of events had broad uh, impact across the space and on many very talented projects in the space. Um, so certainly we are very interested in working with projects that, you know, may have been directly or indirectly affected. I guess probably all of us are indirectly affected, um, by that. And, you know, maybe are, are looking for, for, um, you know, for basically different ways that they can uh, that they can reach a different audience in the space or leverage a different type of infrastructure in the space. So certainly, if you're an existing project um, and you're interested in leveraging, you know, these new types of order books, then um, we absolutely encourage you to apply. But that being said, I mean, this the space the, there there isn't any sort of like one size fit or, or like perfect size here uh, when it comes to or even perfect stage of project here. I think we very much do want to uh, encourage projects that are you know much newer. Um, to apply as well, just just as much as we encourage projects that are you know already existing and maybe already have user base to uh, to apply, um, and you know I think that the the options that'll be available to you will will very much just kind of scale based on based on on where you are. But we we love to work with and, and do work with projects um, of all different um, all different types, and I think that goes that goes as well for uh, the order of teams that we have here today. As far as like what you know examples of what we might like to see, um, so I think there's a, a few different categories here. 
one category is is building products so that it sort of leverage order books. I mean, if you think about like order books are are useful for trading a wide variety of projects. You know, everything from like spot, you know, just trading one asset <laughs> for another uh, to you know more complex derivative type of products. I think the perpetual swap is is a really you know popular one. Like Spin already has that live on their platform, and I think that you know orderly tonic and, and others will, will have have a similar products live pretty shortly as well. Um, you know, options are another one that another complex derivative product that can, you know, blends really well to an order book and you even things like lending. I mean, you know, lending and borrowing, like placing, you know, um, like certain types of durations and, and just the value that like, what are you willing to accept for a specific loan? Like that's another type of thing that can be built uh, using an order book. And then, uh, and then, you know, another category I think is really important and self is a really good, really good example of this is, you know, products that make it easier to use order books in certain ways. So like self in particular, you know, makes it easier to, um, to act as a, uh, as a market maker on exchanges. And that's a really important category. Um, so I think, yeah, those are probably two of the major ones. And I guess the, the third major one would be, you know, different types of order book infrastructure itself. Uh, all three categories are interesting. I think particularly the first two, just because we do have, you know, the very talented teams here who are building kind of the base layer infrastructure itself. Uh, and we're really excited to see, you know, the possibilities of, of the different types of products that can both make them easier to use and then, and then just leverage them and, um, and let users trade different, but different types of assets. Yeah, that's a really helpful rundown of potential projects that people could think of when they apply. Do they have to necessarily build on existing infrastructure like Orderly, Tonic, and Spin? I know it's a joint venture, so I would imagine that would be ideal. But what if a project says, hey, I have my own order book solution. Is that something that they could work with for this fund? Yeah, I mean, I think a, uh, you know, RG made a really good point here that I think... Uh, one really important aspect of this fund is that uh, it is signaling sort of a collaboration um, and that collaboration would definitely be open to, you know, different types of approaches. I think that there's a lot of ways to, to do this. Um, you know, we do want to, I think we do want to, to work together to just create, uh, you know, the most liquid sort of ecosystem that we can when it comes to these different financial products. Um, but, you know, absolutely. I think that there are opportunities, um, you know, to build different types of order books. I'd say that like, I, I, if you are going, if you are doing that very much, think about what exactly it is that your solution will bring to the space and specifically the near ecosystem that doesn't exist yet, that maybe these others are not. Um, and, and if, if that is something that's a little bit difficult to come by, then, then maybe uh, it's instead worth thinking about how you can leverage sort of these existing products. Very much this is a time for collaboration rather than competition. But yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, I think that like very much this, this fund is open and I think there are a lot of uh, projects that can, um, that can qualify. Um, but the main thing you need to be doing is just solving problems for, for users. That's, that's the core of this. Yeah, 100%. That's something to keep in mind. And with regards to uh, support that is coming through this program, I know that there is a number attached to the fund, but is there other, other support that projects can expect from proximity, for instance, other than the financial? I would say the majority of the support that we like to provide uh, is, is outside of that. And I think the, you know, many teams would probably say that that's actually where, where they got the most value. Um, you know, we look, we like to work with teams in a variety of different ways. I think the main focus is just what you need help with. Um, you know, whether it's like we're, we're, we're happy to talk through, you know, your go-to-market strategy, we're happy to, you know, make as many interests as we can, we're happy to dive really deep into both your code base or just kind of like the higher level architecture. 
And, and most importantly, we're happy to introduce you to the, the really talented folks that we have here on the call today, um, who I think can provide even, even better, better support in certain ways, or maybe even more specific support. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're here to support founders in whatever way they need help with. So it's, um, there's not really a, I mean, outside of certain, certain, you know, constraints, uh, like legal and otherwise, you know, really like we're, we're here to, to, to do what, what needs to be done. Okay. That's really great to hear. So this is a promise, I think, for the proximity side that if you are working with them, that you will be getting a full stack service, not just a financial, but advisory, you know, technical support, go to market and so on. Let's take a, um, I would love to hear from the pro projects themselves because you're also coming into the fund and saying, hey, projects come build on top of us. I wanna hear from you guys, what kinds of solutions are you providing and how would you differentiate yourself for, from the other two for builders considering to apply? So basically show your project and tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Whoever wants to go first, please go ahead. I was trying to be, um... <clears throat> I was trying to be really kind and let others go, but nobody really jumped in first. So <coughs> you have to excuse me. Um, so I'll jump in. Uh, I'll try and keep it snappy and let Tonic's, uh, Tonic um, and Spin jump in after. Um, so I'll try and answer your questions in the, in the order as well, uh, Rena Jack. Um, so firstly, Orderly has no front end, um, unlike the rest of our partners. We're really focused on the middleware and infrastructure narrative. Uh, and ensuring that we can improve and refine our offering as best as possible so that all the builders on top of Orderly have to do is really focus on user experience uh, and the front-end side of things, right? User flow, experience, et cetera. <clears throat> Secondly, in terms of other core differentiations, I'm not entirely up to date with the different intricacies of spin and tonic and what they're building out, but I do know that their uh, current offering is um, fully on-chain whilst orderlies isn't. So it's probably a, an important topic to address. Um, we have a few different directions that we're exploring, um, but for one of us, what are the key pieces? And I think I did this on a spaces last week, we keep talking about um, the importance to move from CFI to DeFi or what that transition looks like. Um, and myself and Ivan have had countless conversations and coffees um, talking about this of like what should be on chain what shouldn't be off chain and the answer is right now none of us none of us know um, and how do we drive user adoption into DeFi with that type you know like how do we give that CeFi experience with the transparency of decentralization is really key um, so as an example we're going to release version two of orderly um, at some point soon if you want some alpha um, and the purpose is to kind of like tackle this decentralization finality compromise, if you will, um, where we have off-chain computation, but that's handled by an operator network. Um, and that operator in like, yeah, so we have off-chain computation that's handled by an operator network in which validators need to secure an off-chain order book and matching engine. So you can think of it like um, the operator network as a mini layer two whose sole purpose is to verify the validity of the orders and process the orders, send them back to the main layer one. So we're able to have fully on-chain uh, custody settlement and on-chain order flow, but an off-chain order book and matching engine to match CFI standards, but is sufficiently decentralized by this validator network as well. 
I think that's a core part that differentiates us from the others. That doesn't mean one is better than the other. Like I said, myself and Ivan have had countless conversations regarding this is let's see what users want to do. And this is purpose of the fund, right? Like we're all here together to collaborate, to find out what the right solution is for the user. Right. So Arjun, would it be correct if I summarize what you're saying is that with, you know, decentralized order books, you have to make certain choices um, when it comes to, you know, for instance, the order book or the matchmaking engine, if it's on chain, there may be certain compromises with regards to, you know, speed or liquidity or efficiency. And then if you take things off chain, you also lose some of the, you may potentially lose some of the merits of decentralization when it comes to transparency, you know, having all of the data on chain and so on. And you're saying that with orderly, if your approach is a little bit different because you have the off matchmaking engine off-chain and the rest of the flow on-chain. Would that be correct? That's completely correct. So we have like a so we have this decentralized operator networks and each validator needs to work together to be able to secure the off-chain order book and matching engine. So operators ensure each order is sent and processed, they keep each other in check, they operate actively, publicly monitorable. Um, almost if you will, like I don't know if this is the correct type of terminology, but like the matching engine is sufficiently decentralized. All right. Well, this is the kind of hybrid angle that Orderly is taking. We'd love to also hear from Tonic and Spin to hear about the kind of solutions and the roads that you are taking. Yeah, I can jump in. To Arjun's point, there is a spectrum here. Like, even the most decentralized projects may have, like, some maybe not centralized component, but at least a group of people who are, you know, strongly influencing the project. But I think on that spectrum right now, Tonic, we're taking, you know, the more hardcore decentralization approach. Um, everything we have is open source. Uh, we have, we do everything off chain, uh, on chain, sorry. We have no off chain components. Um, so if any projects uh, want to build a front end, you can just go rip ours at github.com slash tonic dash foundation. Um, so yeah, that, that's the approach we're taking as far as our uh, the technical side goes. As far as what we offer to the fund, you know, we are also con we're contributing um, on the financial side, but more importantly, um, like business and technical support as well. We're pretty involved on the technical side. Our team, all but one of us, are developers, so we're uh, happy to be pretty hands-on during the integration process. It's your turn, Spin. Hey, my network is kind of not registering this. Can I leave and then quickly join back? Because I can't. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Take your time. Take your time. While uh, we wait for Ivan to come back, maybe we could still talk about orderly and tonic a little bit more. I do think all the builders that may be listening to this space would also be curious about what the development statuses look like. So let's say I'm trying to jump in and build on top of orderly spin or tonic. I would also love to know how far you've guys come and where I can come in. So if you guys can tell us a little bit more about that, we'd love to hear it. I think Hippo would have the best perspective here because he's the one who's actually come in uh, built on top of the order books so far on near. So I think he, uh, Hippo, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I think um, uh, going fully open source is uh, very helpful to uh, third-party integrations. And uh, we've been working with different types of projects. Partly, um, um, some of them have a hybrid solution like the on-chain, off-chain, and some of the projects are uh, 
completely open source or even uh, 100% closed source. And uh, to be honest, uh, I'm uh, working with the Tonic Dex as a very enjoyable process because um, you know every time we came across a technical issue, we can just look and jump into the uh, source code and find our solutions. And uh, yeah, and the, the the dev team there is very supportive and have a very swift response. Thank you, Hippo. And now that we have Ivan back, do you want to elaborate a little bit about what this uh, approach that Spin is taking in terms of order book solutions and what makes you a little bit different from the other two? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the main differentiator here is tech. So it's not really trivial to build a decentralized order book. So um, you have to have a lot of expertise in optimizing code because the nature of blockchains is that you want to fit in as little uh, basically data size of code as possible. So that's why Rust is actually a really good language to do so. And uh, <clears throat> so we have pretty good expertise in optimizing and we have been able to bundle basically order book perps and options into one smart contract on four megabytes, even a bit less on near. So the options will be live. Uh, they're actually ready. So, but the the front end is a, is just lagging behind. So, I think in this month we will launch the options as well. And I think that's the main differentiation point because here a user can basically have all the three uh, primitives he would need to invest and and hedge risk. So. You have uh, futures in terms of perpetuals, you have options, and you have the uh, spot market. Uh, in terms of performance, this can further be optimized with uh, shards. So I think the unique sharding structure of NIR allows us to um, use a specialized sharding solution, which is a, a side chain on, on NIR, or basically a private sharding solution called Calimero, which will further optimize our speed and throughput, and uh, I think this is kind of the the way forward. So you will have to build products which are both uh, super uh, high in throughput, but also fully decentralized. And uh, we are, I think we are, are currently here. So um, it's just about executing on tech and uh, I think later on it will be also highly relevant to utilize um, bridges so that uh, users not just from near can interact with the smart contract, but users from every blockchain in the world. Um, this is kind of what we are up to. So pretty easy. So you have uh, everything you need to trade, everything decentralized, running on near, but accessible for everyone from every chain. So for spin, I guess the unique angle would be that, first of all, you're putting everything on chain, just like Tonic. The, I guess the trade-off with optimization in terms of the performance, you are solving through a private shard solution working with Calibero. Um, and then with regards to the development status, you're saying the spot is live, perps are live, and also options is coming very soon. For Orderly, could you also tell us a little bit about your development status as well for any of the builders interested? 
Sure, of course. So uh, we've been live on Mainnet for around about five weeks now. Uh, we will be um, moving very closely into Testnet on PUPS. Um, mainnet not too not too shortly after that. Uh, as I mentioned in my last answer as well, is um, solving the uh, decentralized final finality compromise. So orderly v two uh, is not far away as well. We'll be able to share a lot more details from there. Um, right now, in terms of uh, developers that are building onto it, right now we have. Uh, we have five different projects that are building on top of orderly we've announced one of those one of those is ref finance that we announced on, on a space previously with them um we have four others that will have uh full builds out and ready probably by the end of this year the early part of next year um and that, that obviously aligns with our uh launch of futures as well brilliant marco was there anything you wanted to add additionally about the development status of tonic yeah, so we've had perps on testnet. We did our our competition was wrapped up on Monday. We are taking tons of user feedback we received during the competition and improving both the UI and making optimizations to the contract. Um, and we should get to mainnet there pretty soon. Um, and to Yvonne's point, uh, the definitely shaving off bytes on your near contract helps a lot. I think that's like something that's pretty different as far as um, uh, near development and how much of a difference it makes. So for any uh, fairly new devs to the ecosystem, there's a lot of alpha in that statement. All right. So we talked a little bit about the unique approaches each of us are taking for the order book solutions, also talked about the development status. Let's get into the actual call to action with regards to the $10 million order book program that we're all participating in. What kind of projects do you want to see build on your platform? And if you want to give builders ideas about what they could do, this would be the time. So maybe we'll start with Ivan this time. Sure. Um, I think like for for us, um, the, the the current status is uh, we, we are aiming to get like as many users as possible um, and also like as many projects involved with our projects as possible so uh we are trying to have good relationships with first like our our goal is to have very good relationships with everyone who is on near you now utilizing this um fund and, and this initiative by proximity uh we want to also expand these partnerships with projects not building on here so anyone who is kind of on solana avalanche um maybe also on the newer chains like aptos and Maybe also on uh, Sui um, and maybe EVM-based chain. So basically, everyone is kind of invited to talk to us and, and find common solutions because uh, I think everyone here is kind of... We are building like the same thing. Uh, uh, we are like in the pretty like early stages so of, uh, of, of the whole space. And I think it will become more and more obvious that the more... Matured, the interchain technology becomes so. You we will go go back from these, I think, paradigms of having like one ecosystem, and then uh, the other like siloed ecosystem. I think we all should work kind of strive to work kind of together, and I think that's the ultimate decentralization. If a user can basically utilize cross network uh, uh, any project, so if I want to use let's say orderly based projects. Or tonic, but I'm on 
I don't know, Avalanche, I should be able to do so. Um, and I think that's kind of where we want to set a pretty big focus on. So having near as our base, having near as a very decent technology, um, maybe the fastest in the space, and which is like enough decentralized, but also allowing for anyone kind of to work with us and um, getting users and projects from other chains to interact with with us, but also with Tonic and with Orioli, we are here. Like, if, if someone can profit more from working for Orioli, we're more than happy to <laughs> send them in, in Arjun's direction. And also with Tonic, like, if someone is more, like, interested in working with them, we are, like, we want to be super open here and want to open source everything also in the future. Um, so, like, Spin is not uh, meant to be a centralized company in the, like, like way where we are kind of the owners of spin spin should become like common good in a few maybe like in a year or maybe a few months uh so everyone knows the code and everyone can utilize the tech and build up on it i love it that's a very i would say taoist approach to building an order book text and the call to action goes out to anyone and everyone so that's really easy enough marco would you have a specific call to action specific types of projects you're looking for uh, we're casting a pretty wide net, I think, right now. Um, you know, more the most important metric for me is actually just getting the total number of users in, into the near space higher, because um, there's, you know, only I think a certain size pie at the moment with uh, just the market conditions and near being an alt L one. Um, whatever we can do to bring more users onto the platform is great. Um, there's only so many people who are like very active traders themselves. So uh, building anything that lets them be passive participants, I think Selfie is a good example. I've had one or two other projects reach out with like passive investment products um, built on top of order books um, be something we're interested in. I think there's other um, less conventional financial product stuff that could use an order book too. Um, I had one game reach out uh you know, where they, the game contract itself would like sell tokens, but they wanted the ability to place limit orders, which is pretty neat. Um, not, you know, what I originally expected from something like this, but uh, I like the idea. I'm sure plenty of, there'll be other similar projects. So we're, um, yeah, pr pretty open-minded. Okay, but in general projects that can bring mass appeal, uh, whether they're financial, maybe even in the category of passive investment, or even outside of the immediately financial products, like even GameFi. So that's very interesting. Arjun, what would you say in terms of your call to action? So I get the harder job going third to Marco and Ivan here. Like these guys are spot on. Like I echo everything that they say. One thing I would, I'd love to see is um, more or a bigger, wider order book perps platform um, in the ecosystem. We hear about all these different platforms on these different blockchains. Um, I'd love to see that come over. Um, I, I'd love to see that narrative poured over into the into the near ecosystem, especially off the back of the um, the technology of near directly. Um, really, really strong perp adoption is 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 a personal ambition of mine. Um, I'd love to see larger retail phasing DApps. Um, to Marco's point, there's a small sample size in the, like anything that can increase the adoption of active users, but at the same time increase the education of why near um, is also really important to me. So anything that can facilitate the adoption for growth is is key to me. But yeah, perps are, are definitely one I'd love to see. 
Right, so perps adoption and then mass adoption in general. We, Tonic, with, with Marco, we mentioned a little bit about how CellFi is a great example of the kind of project that the fund could support, the kind of projects that we could be looking for. Hippo, if you are able, could you give us a high-level overview of what CellFi is building and what are you bringing to the order book scene on Neo? Cool. Thank you. Um, CellFi is a decentralized liquidity provider protocol for order book decks. And in, in a nutshell, it is uh, more like an LP token for an AMM DEX. And the, the new generation of uh, order book DEX is only made available on high performance layer ones. And it is more capital efficiency and has more flexibility in uh, terms of uh, price discovery. However, we see that it, it makes it harder for retail users and non-professionals to provide liquidity to them. For traditional pool-based AMM, providing liquidity is nothing more than just uh, putting paired tokens into those pools. Yet for order book decks, if you want to be the market maker, you have to place limit orders, cancel them, or edit orders according to the price change uh, uh, on, on the outside world and the actual trading dynamics within the decks. So you have to decide the order's size and price within milliseconds, which is impossible for menu operations. So this requires a full-featured trading infrastructure and a solid knowledge of DeFi and blockchain if you want to be the market maker. As well, you, you, have to, uh, be, you have to know a lot of trading strategies. So these requirements will just prevent most users from uh, being a market maker on order book decks. But here at Cellfi, we uh, just uh, endeavor to uh, to fill in this uh, gap between the retail users and uh, the more advanced uh, decks, that we will take care of all the infrastructure covering from uh, blockchain accessibility to DEX integration and also to the trading strategy. So retail users can just put their money into Salesforce contract and uh, enjoy the market making strategy yield on all of those DEXs we support. So basically, we just want to bring two things to uh, a near equal. The one thing is um, everybody can, every user can get access to being the market maker. And the second part is we want to bring some native yield farm for all the users on near equal. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I love the vision that you are empowering you know, users, whether they're familiar with uh, you know, order book texts or sophisticated or not, to be able to leverage some of the strategies and efficiency that market makers or you know, high volume traders enjoy. So I, I love this vision. Could you tell us a little bit more also about how it works? And I would also love to hear about you know, how the yield is generated and what kind of fee structure are we looking at? Cool, cool. Um, actually, um, we are generating some native yield out of the price changes throughout the whole crypto industry. And uh, the yield um, comes from three ways. The first is, uh, a uh, is the trading strategy yield. And the second is uh, DEX trading reward. And the third is uh, some extra incentive. So let me elaborate on that. That Selfie is among you know, the, the very first protocols that brings high frequency trading to the DeFi world. And uh, theoretically, we have a uh, trading engine that supports a bunch of trading and market making strategies. 
And at this very moment, we are featuring grid strategy, which is a very stable and straightforward strategy that uh, has a mass adoption uh, throughout the world. And we're generating some native trading yield from uh, price changing, and we are buying low, selling high. And uh, that's the first part of the grid strategy itself. And the second part is that we will help users collect DEX trading reward, usually consisting of uh, market maker, uh, the, making, the, the maker order rebates and some trading incentives because we are trading using a strategy that runs seven by 24. So uh, we are generating a, a lot of uh, trading volume that will collect uh, a, a big sum of uh, trading reward for the users. And the third part is that now that we have a LP token minted to the uh, liquidity provider, we can uh, work together with DAXs and the token issuers to further incentivize those users. We are we're actually working on this part. And uh, this is uh, pretty much like Uniswap's LP token staking reward. You can get extra incentive from holding that LP token. And um, for the uh, for the fee structure, we're actually not charging any fees in the process of trading. And actually, we are sending 100% of what we get from the DEX rebate to our end user. And we're only taking a performance fee after the user's net positive yield. And what's more is that we're taking all risks into consideration, including some possible impermanent loss. So we have a very aligned interest with our users and all the retail users across the ecosystem. Okay, that, that's super interesting. I, I also want to hear a little bit more because we mentioned throughout the space your relationship with Tonic. I want to know a little bit more about how Selfie is leveraging the existing order book infrastructure on Near. And is it primarily Tonic? Is it limited to it? Or are you looking to expand? Would love to know more. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, we uh, after we... Uh, uh, came to a uh, near ecosystem, we have, we have, we have did some uh, technical review of all these uh, DAXs and uh, uh, technically speaking, all the three DAXs and, uh, and also include some, um, some centralized uh, liquidity AMM that all falls in our uh, range that all of our, uh, uh, that, that our trading engine can work with all these DAXs. And these uh, DEXs are full-featured order book decks and support, uh, technically speaking, support exactly the same operations as a centralized exchange does. So uh, we think uh, it's, it's very mature and we can build what we have built on uh, uh, elsewhere and we can build, build uh, our full-featured trading bot here. And, you know, as our technical structure uh, just uh, consists of two parts. The first part is the on-chain contract, and the second part is a signal provider. And we we just uh, um, we have to write a uh, near contract to store the user's asset and interact with all these uh, uh, DEXs, and then we just chain that thing up with our uh, signal provider. And we can uh, the the signal provider part remains the same. And uh, yeah. That's uh, how we integrate with all these DEXs. 
Okay. Well, speaking of, you mentioned in, in, in the tip of your answer that you migrated to Near. I want to ask, and I will open this question up to the rest of the projects as well. What makes Near suitable to become potentially leading order book chain? Because this is what the premise of the fund is all based upon. Hippo, from your experience, how do you find building order book solutions on top of Near? Cool, cool. Um, actually, uh, one of the spirit we feature in crypto industry is freedom and uh, permissionless. So actually, um, every layer one with high performance will support our protocol. And uh, we, we, we actually uh, did some literature review of all the layer ones after uh, before we actually carry out our project. And the first thing is... Uh, we're just valuing two things. The first one is uh, how is the blockchain performance, and uh, what is the block one? Uh, what, what is the layer one's block time, and uh, what's the average confirmation time in practice? And uh, you you know we are featuring high frequency trading, and you can't look at uh, carrying out high high uh, frequency trading in a blockchain that has a confirmation time of uh, half a minute, and the second thing we think is uh, even more important is that whether the ecosystem is mature. You know, we are not a um, something like a layer one protocol on, on, a, on a blockchain. We have to build upon other DEXs as our trading values. So um, we just want to build our protocol on a, firstly speaking, a battle-proven tax stack. And secondly, we just want to find some. Um, we just want to uh, find some very experienced builders to work with. We all know that DeFi is featured with composability, but composing protocols together would would just set an even higher standard for all the developers and for all the protocols. You know, while integrating with DEXs as a third party protocol, we would run into some um, more practical issues that no one could just think of when they are only taking the end user interaction into consideration. Um, and, and sometimes we, we might even commit some new PRs to other protocols. And um, the excitement of uh, building on here, uh, apart from the technical thing, is that we got very sweet response from all our partners. Actually, we have some uh, we have uh, um, technical Overlap with all these DAXs, and also some 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 other protocols that's not not here today, and we just are uh, thrilled to find everybody's being very responsive, and everybody's doing a swift draw, swift draw, and uh, yeah, that's um I think the most uh, exciting thing I find beside the technique itself. Okay, so from Hippo's point of view, for Selfie at least, Near makes it a suitable place for what they're building because it has the performance, it meets the performance metrics, especially in terms of finality, which is needed for high frequency trading. And it also it comes with a mature ecosystem that is potentially very composable with what Selfie is building. I want to open it up to everyone else here and ask you guys what makes Near suitable to be the leading order book chain. Um, and I would also love to hear, because we're talking to builders that we're calling for this program, is there a reason a potential project should look at near 
versus building their own L1, as we have seen some other order book DEXs do recently, versus building on an L2 or roll up on Ethereum. Whoever feels comfortable, please go ahead. I can start. Um, I think the reason what brought us to Nier uh, was the developer experience. I just genuinely like writing Nier contracts more than Solidity or any of the other um, alternatives. I think the other aspect is performance. Uh, to Hippo's point, there's only the handful of chains I think that could really support something like this. So when you take the combination of those two things, like Nier's the was the natural choice for us, at least as a team. Um, to your other question, as far as you know, why not build your own L1? Why not go build your own L2? I think that's like, a, it's a very large technical lift to go and do that. Like even we've seen on Nier, right? Even if you have a very large, well-financed team with tons of like skilled developers, it takes a long time to build an ecosystem from scratch, even if it's like a focused one. Um, like for an L1, not only do you have to make the core L1 uh, like very good and there's tons of stuff if you're building your order book, you have to take into account, but then on top of that, all the logic that you need to just go and create like a functional blockchain, that's a, that's a huge lift. Uh, I think same to a lesser degree for your own L2, then all the ecosystem around it, like, you know, oh, go create your own block explorer. There's nothing like that. Go create your own basic D apps. Like a lot of those don't exist and you just add up the work. It's probably an order of magnitude harder to make your own L1 than just write a contract on a good kind of robust general L1 like near um so i think for us the choice was clear we decided just to build on on a platform like near versus uh reinventing the wheel makes perfect sense anyone else would like to chime in yeah well i think that uh near is pretty decent when it comes to decentralized runtime as i said um there will be certainly more throughput chains i think the innovation will never stop in that front. So there will always be someone with a newer layer one or even on near, I think there will be more and more layer twos. Uh, same. And then you have also the whole conversation about layer threes on Ethereum. It's not just only the layer two. So on the infra side, innovation will happen and happen and happen. <clears throat> I think that's natural. And this is also happening in the centralized space where you have the innovation from hosting service on-premise, and then you had cloud, and then you have AWS, and then you have, like, Snowflake now, and, like, it's always evolving. Like, the leader of, of the infra is always evolving because there's always new technologies to be developed and which are faster and higher throughput, etc. Um, key here, I guess, is having a product which people like to use. Um, and the infra itself, like, near... I tend to always say it's like very similar to having uh, underlying technology, which you would typically buy. So you would typically buy, let's say, AWS, or you would typically buy, I don't know, Snowflake servers or Google Cloud. So you pay for them in a like, centralized world. Here, uh, you get it for free and you even get help on top of that. Uh, and I think, but the main and hardest part is um, you have to build a product that people want to use, and and the, that's really hard to build. So, uh, and to do and to execute. And I think what's like really like important is to focus on the user user experience. What what the users really want, and uh, we believe that users want the simplicity, 
and the freedom and they want to have um, a, a freedom of choice so should be able to have everything in one platform everything decentralized so a pretty similar because experience you would maybe have at Binance but fully decentralized and I think this is the currently one of the missing products in the whole crypto space is kind of this we have this over dominance of centralized exchanges like there's hundreds of them and then you have on the decentralized side you have like very like a few like smaller DAXs on every ecosystem like scrapping together basically liquidity and uh, that's where we're currently at and I think this problem solving that problem creating like this unified trading experience or trading network running across uh, maybe also multiple chains and having near as, as a backend because it has super high throughput uh, I think that is the goal for should be the goal for everyone to work at because it would give the user the best possible user experience yeah simplicity and freedom and near being one of the places where you could potentially realize this vision arjun would you like to add anything sure so when the question's kind of like why is near suitable i think like marco especially but like everyone covered um, covered it from an engineering perspective, right? Like speed, security, the scalability of uh, sharding. Um, it makes it a very obvious choice. Um, but we have uh, right at the beginning of the spaces, we referenced how well timed the fund is due to the uh, the impact of, of what's happened over at FTX. Like there's a huge ecosystem um, that needs an extremely relatable engineering transition um obviously to marco's point it's very enjoyable uh writing near contra contracts but solana and serum are, are in rust so the engineering transition is a lot easier comparable when speaking to going to another uh, another layer one um but from a timing perspective and l literally the purpose of this space right we're all here to collaborate and work together so when you ask the question about what makes near suitable, it isn't just from a technology and engineering standpoint. It's also from an ecosystem, a development, a marketing perspective. Like we're all here to today contributing to a fund, uh, contributing time, energy, resource um, with the same common goal. I'd potentially question you if you can find that on another layer one. Um, and that's why I think that um, that near is suitable to, a, to be a leading order blockchain today. Yeah, very strong point. The momentum, I guess, on the near side for order book taxes and the resources that we're all pulling in together from each of the projects and proximity attests to why near should be your choice for building the next order book solution. So I think that's a really great point. Kendall, I want to ask from your perspective, you have a great uh, you know, bird's eye view on everything that's happening on with regards to near in general and especially near DeFi. Is there any alpha or upcoming protocol updates, products, or integrations that projects should keep in mind in the case of you know towards the case of why near is going to be your choice, why it's so attractive? Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, there were some just really, really good points made by by everyone right there um, that I think kind of ties into to all of this. Um, so, I mean, the, the what we're really excited about and what we've always been excited about here and, and focused on is just access and usability. I think that's at the end of the day what's going to make the difference um, for, you know, it's sort of like the why people come to near. 
Um, but then I think what, you know, what Arjun just hit on and, and, um, and Marco and, and Ivan as well is, is that the reason people stay is because of like the ecosystem. Um, so you, there's, there's going to be some really exciting, um, really exciting things happening on just that access and usability front. Uh, I think, you know, between, uh, self-custody solutions that are just much easier to use, much more user-friendly, feel much more native to the devices they use every day. Um, and, uh, and also just the, I guess the way that you can sort of sift through, uh, and access these applications, mainly talking about their front ends and, and some really exciting things that um, we're doing at the protocol level that'll just make it easier for for these talented teams to build these verifiable and decentralized front ends. There's going to be some, um, yeah, keep, keep an eye out in Q1. <laughs> a lot's, a lot's going to be happening. But um, yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, the, the main reason that we're going to be all be successful here is because of the, you know, the talented builders uh, that we have here today and just continuing to attract and, and retain more um, and, and also build up a, a really great ecosystem of users who are welcoming and, and instructing people on, on you know, what it is that exists and, and how we can solve problems uh, for real people and like, real problems for real people. Okay, that's great. And I think it was very timely that we also mentioned that you know, in our effort to make DeFi as sexy and as competent and as usable as CeFi, it's usability and accessibility are two huge pain points that we have to solve. And it's great to hear that even though we're not naming exactly what these things are, there's something to look out for with regards to near, something to be excited about in terms of enhancing user accessibility and experience when interacting with near. So really good to hear. Because we're already hitting the hour and I don't want to take up too much of everyone's time, I'm just gonna ask kind of a closing question for everyone. First of all, Kendall, I wanna give you the opportunity to let everyone know how to get in touch for this $10 million order of fund if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. I, the easiest way is to just go to proximity.dev and uh, apply there. Uh, I'm, and we will get in touch with you as quickly as we can. Perfect. And for the rest of the projects, I'd love to hear about what is on your roadmap for the rest of the month. There's only one month left in 2022 and what 2023 looks like for each of you guys. Hippo, would you like to start? Um, yeah, um, for us, it's uh, pretty much straightforward. We just want to uh, integrate with more uh, an additional one or two DAXs out there within the next month. Perfect. And ju just very quickly, are is the near community able to use Selfie right now? It's already live. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it has been live for a week, uh, for more than a week actually. And uh, you Perfect. can just visit Selfie.io and uh, start yielding on uh, Tonic Dex. There you go, Ivan. Go ahead. From our side, we will launch the options uh, and the votes, so everyone can basically just push a button and have a delta neutral investment strategy, as if you similar to what you would get at a high like a level investment bank. Um, and after that, uh, we will um, launch more and more votes because then we have kind of all the primitives you need, like you need options, perps, and spot, so you can combine all these elements and then you can create like potentially like tens and maybe at one point hundreds of walls for users and you can basically just pick your risk appetite, um, what the underlying strategy you want, put in capital, and what you grow. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of our, our roadmap I had. 
And the community can try it out on spin.fi, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Right Perfect. now with the perps and the spot, and very soon the vaults and the options. Perfect, thank you. Arjun, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I'm also trying to think about what I'm allowed to say. Um, so you have to bear with me. So uh, we're going to have uh, additional DEX integrations, um, some really exciting ones, um, some super cool partnerships um, will be announced in terms of um, integration swaps. Uh, we'll have perps close enough to testnet, if not uh, already on testnet at the end of the year. Um, uh, the build of our on-chain order flow announcements regarding um, a really, really large self-custody wallet that will be using um, Orderly as well. Um, lots of really, really cool things. And of course, some exciting things to look forward to in 2023 is like our decentralized operator network uh, options, uh, our community pool for lending and borrowing as well. Um, so yeah, go try it out. Um, the first dApp that's already built on top of us is Woofire. Uh, so you can find that at dex.woo.org and start trading spot on Orderly already. Perfect. Marco. Yeah, our focus through the end of the year is uh, is going to be on perps. And then uh, early Q1, we're going to be building out our on-chain governance for the platform. Perfect. And tonic would be tonic.foundation? That's correct. Okay, great. And Kendall, I don't know, would, would you say that Proximity has a roadmap for 2022-2023? Is there anything you want to share on that note? Uh, our roadmap is to help uh, help all of these teams with their roadmaps if, if necessary and, and to bring in as many talented people into uh, the ecosystem as possible. So business as usual. Better business as usual, but um, <laughs> but yeah, something like that. <laughs> all right, great. Well, before we close things off, I will announce the giveaway winner for the Spin Freaky Elves NFT. Uh, and the winner is congratulations, Crypto Bunkers. If you are the winner, Near Week will be contacting you afterwards. So congratulations. And I want to thank everyone for joining us today from Tonic, Spin, Orderly, Selfie, and Proximity. If you are interested in building orderbook solutions, if you believe that hashtags orderbooks are near, tell your friends, tell your family, and contact Proximity through proximity.dev. The fund is waiting for you on top of all the other support you can get. So thanks, everyone, and bye. Thanks, guys. Have a nice rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Okay, bye.